0: Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, and perhaps more than usual, I am excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show on the day after Todd Helton has been elected into the Hall of Fame. I, believe it or not, uh, struggled on what to talk about on this show, I've done so much coverage of Todd Helton, broken down his numbers every which way, talked about how much he's meant to me personally as somebody who grew up in the state of Colorado and who still feels like I have to fight the battle sometimes, that the sport is even legitimate here, right? There are all of the ways in which for him individually, this is, of course, massive honor and for all the people that played with him it's legitimizing for the franchise it's legitimizing for the fan base uh in many ways i think even more than larry walker because with larry walker you could make a little bit of a non-rockies argument in fact i often saw my good friend manny randawa who you know, along with a lot of people, did a lot of campaigning for Larry Walker for the Hall of Fame, and he would often bring up as an argument against a lot of the Coors Field stuff, right, all of the numbers that Walk put up with Montreal and St. Louis and ultimately pointing out that us, you know, a much smaller percentage of his at-bats, I think it's somewhere in the 30%, I'd have to go back and remember that whole case, right, came at Coors Field. And so where with Todd Helton, he really was a lifer right he half of his at bats came in that environment you can't sort of wiggle out of that by saying well look at these other times right and he was still great there there, you there was never a time where that wasn't a part of the environment that he played in and so i think in that way him getting in is even more validating for the franchise and for fans than larry walker though it's hard to match. Also, just the feeling around the very first guy to go in wearing the cap. But even then, like, there was a little bit of question. I think some people, uh, I remember reading articles of, like, would he wear, would Walker wear maybe a Cardinals hat? He went to the World Series with that team. Certainly never did that with the Rockies, right? The Expos are the team that drafted him and gave him his first shot. And he had plenty of, of great years there. You know, I I think most of us knew he was going to wear a Rockies hat going in. But of course, again, with Todd Helton, there's just absolutely no question uh, on the matter, right? The guy played 100% of his career for the Rockies. And so I think that that matters. I think that's a big deal. I think it's very validating in that way. But like I said, I think a lot of that conversation has been out there. I I want to talk a little bit about potential future Rockies and when will we see the next Hall of Famer because I think it could be quite some time. And that's another reason why I think this is a big deal because these two guys really, I I think the more you can establish just in the kind of conversation moving forward, that these two guys, Walk and Helton, really were... Very, very special baseball players. They weren't products of their environment, right? We're not voting Vinny Castilla or Dante Bichette into the Hall of Fame, and I love those guys, right? Andres Galarraga, I think, had a slightly better argument, but even there, he didn't come that close, and probably ultimately, no real injustice there. Galarraga probably doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. These two guys do, right? And for all of the things that people can say about some of the, you know, batting titles that they might raise their eyebrows at over the years or whatever, I think having this set in stone, as it were, and making it abundantly clear that guys don't just put up these kinds of numbers just because they play here, right? It doesn't work that way, is actually important like for building and movement for the franchise moving forward. And a way to send the signal to uh, big-time free agents or even uh, you know prospects of the future that yes, if you come to Colorado and put up Hall of Fame numbers, you will get into the Hall of Fame. Thank goodness, you know, where there was a time there's absolutely a question about whether or not that was true. So I actually think this reverberates in a lot of ways, um, but just from that kind of personal standpoint of the baseball here has to counter or it doesn't. I, I saw this I, I used to make this argument a lot for whatever reason I saw it come back a lot more in this offseason with regards to Todd Helton people saying look if this guy's numbers don't count then why even have a team there, right? And I hope that most people say this out of, uh, out of defiance and not as an actual suggestion uh, to take the team away because I think there are a lot of fans out there, baseball fans, who legitimately would have zero problem with that. And that I think is what is so for <laughs> some of them Rockies fans. Quite frankly, who have been Rockies fans, right? Who that this idea that it just doesn't count, that it's not real, that they're video game or, or pinball numbers out here or whatever. You know, we've had this conversation over and over again. But I was disheartened to see even a lot of like local people coming out and saying that they just didn't trust Todd Helton's numbers and. One of the many, many things that's hyper gratifying about all of this to me was to see the way in which, and this was true for Walker as well, the argument of analytics and modern metrics and look, if if you all have listened to me for a long time, Uh, you know that I can be hypercritical of the metrics. There are lots of things that I think they miss. I don't think WAR is the be-all, end-all, and I get very, very frustrated when people use them that way, especially a stat like WAR, which claims to be all-encompassing and tries to you know, tell the entire story, but I don't believe that it does. I do think it's about as good a starting point as we have for a conversation, especially when we're talking about something like the Hall of Fame, right? I heard somebody, again, a local person recently say, you know, well, it's really, really subjective, which of course, and we've talked about all of that, and and I agree, but I don't think it should be endlessly subjective, right? I think we would start raising our eyebrows if they put my favorite player of all time, Juan Pierre, into the Hall of Fame, right? We would go, no, wait, you might like the guy and it might be subjective, but there's also a limitation to that logic, right? Especially in a game where we do have these numbers, where we have so much information. To me, it just feels a bit is a harsh word but negligent to not use the information that we have at our disposal and so I think again as we know a lot of people when they look like the better a guy's numbers are in Colorado the more suspect they are right and a lot of people over the years have just decided, well, what you do with that then is you throw up your hands and you go, they're not real. I can't really trust it. I'm going to ask no further questions and, and not investigate any further. I'm just going to know that the batting average and the home runs and the RBI are all inflated, right? Which they legitimately are. And that's a part of the frustration with this conversation is it begins from a real place, So you can't say, no, you're absolutely wrong. That's not going on because, yes, batting averages can be and often are inflated uh, at Coors Field, RBI, and and other things like that. Home runs, it it can kind of depend, and that's changed since the humidor. And then you do have certain things like Walker and Helton where there was pre-humidor, post-humidor, and then you had steroid era, not steroid era, which neither of those guys was ever implicated, but that also changes uh, you know, the the league adjusted numbers, things like WAR and OPS plus, it's going to be harder to get a high OPS plus in 1998 when guys are hitting 60 to 70 home runs, uh, you know, it, it, the league average was a lot higher. And so that changes those statistics a bit. So, and, and I'll be able to do, you know, the, it, again, I don't see it as pro or anti. The same way I, I'm, I'm not attacking or defending the Rockies when I'm either criticizing them for things they've done poorly or noting that certain things, like they actually gained money in the Nolan Auto trade, you're defending this. Like, it's not attacking or defending. Same thing with these metrics, right? I'm neither attacking nor defending, War, when I point out that I think Ichiro Suzuki by that number is entirely entirely underrated and we're going to get into that conversation next year when it's his first year on the ballot there's a whole there are a lot of reasons why in that specific case and even by war it says he should be a hall of famer so i don't know that it's going to come down to that but he was a unique player and sometimes you do have to like i said begin the conversation there and then add a whole bunch of extra context to it right And so I think what was nice about Todd Helton, uh, I was also very pleasantly surprised to see that it wasn't, you know, 75.1%. He got in with 79 on his sixth year. And so now you can make a strong argument that he was very clearly a Hall of Famer, not a guy who like snuck in by the skin of his teeth on the last ballot like Larry Walker did, none of this other stuff, right? That's how much the argument has changed in just the last couple of years. And again, as much as I can be someone who sometimes wants to pump the brakes on some of these numbers, I also think that it's really important that we use the tools and the information that we have at our disposal to make these kinds of decisions. And I think that's exactly what happened here, right? We've just gone through an era where we're starting to come out of that age where it's acceptable just to throw up your hands and say, well, I don't know what to do with these high batting averages at Coors Field. Therefore, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to discount the guy entirely. It's like, well, we've got OPS plus, we've got WRC plus, we've got DRC plus. We have some of these statistics that are actually really harsh on Rockies players in a lot of ways. And when these guys still excel in them, when we have now 30 years worth of data to see and compare guys, you know, who have been pretty good hitters to okay hitters to Todd Helton and Larry Walker are, yep, in a league of their own. It checks out. They were much better than everyone else, right? It's it, when it all comes together and says the same thing. It's nice to see people respond to that because subjectivity is, yes, important, and, and it, can, it can be an important part of this whole process, but it can only go so far, right? we've also got a certain expectation of consistency, especially from a group of journalists and a bit of a grounded reality. Again, especially in a game like baseball where we do have so many numbers beyond all of that. I can only of course, just say congratulations to Todd Helton. We're all very, very, very excited in a number of ways. And I think that this just, you know, makes everything a little bit better. obviously, the, the Rockies team still is where it is right now. But one, it was nice to have, you know, some good news. It's <laughs> been not a lot of that lately. Uh, I was going to be, you know, last year I wasn't mad at all that he didn't make it because there was such positive progress. But seeing him get dropped off of some ballots here, if he didn't make it, I was going to be mad. I was going to be big mad. But luckily, like I said, it, it actually wasn't even super close. And so that was nice to see. But I, I do think that this is just... The franchise needed this. They need some good momentum. They need some good mojo. Uh, The fans need it. The organization needs it. I really hope Todd's going to be around a lot more. And I think it'll be pretty cool that they're going to be able to say Hall of Famer. And the greatest Rocky of all time. Uh, Again, you know, as much as Larry Walker is probably the all-around more talented player. I think the fact that Todd just spent his entire career here. Uh, it means so much to the fans, to the organization. And so I'm excited about that because Rocky's fans have been getting kicked in the teeth for the last several years, especially the hardcores who still go out, who still watch the games, who who still want to support the team even though they don't want to support the ownership necessarily, right? And who have found ways to to navigate all of that and not turn deeply angry and deeply cynical. I think for those fans especially, this is a great day because you, you, a great week, great month, take to a great year, you had to spend a year celebrating. I know, I know there'll be ceremonies and all of that stuff and, and come on out to the ballpark and, and celebrate Todd Helton because it was quite an extraordinary career that we got an up close front seat to for 17 years. It was pretty rad. So The other conversation that I wanted to have, because I've seen a few people kicking this around, is when will the next Rockies Hall of Famer be, or who will the next, more grammatically correct, but still, when and who uh, will the next Rockies Hall of Famer be? And this is a great question, because I don't think that we know yet. So what's interesting is that a couple of the guys who you might think would be kind of close are going to be up next year. Of course, I'm talking about Ian Desmond and Mark Reynolds. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Mark Reynolds had a, a couple of nice seasons out here. Uh, but Carlos Gonzalez and Troy Tulowitzki, who are Rockies Hall of Famers, right? Arguments to be on the Rockies, Mount Rushmore, both of those guys. But probably both because of injuries, uh, although Cargo's peak was also not quite as good. Uh you know, won't be in the hall of fame and almost certainly shouldn't be. I did send out for those of you that saw a stat comparison between Troy Tulowitzki and Jimmy Rollins. And I didn't add any context because it's always interesting to see how people respond. And of course, naturally some people thought that I was suggesting that Troy Tulowitzki is a hall of famer and I'm not because I don't think that he is. I do think the injuries ultimately and the lack of counting stats, uh, can, should, and will prevent him from getting into the Hall of Fame. But I was pretty stunned to see how close he and Jimmy Rollins were in terms of overall war, especially considering that Rollins just pulled around 20% of the vote. And I've heard a lot of people acting like, of course, Jimmy Rollins is a Hall of Famer. And again, then we come back to that subjectivity, and especially that word fame. Certainly... Jimmy Rollins, you know, was was a lot more famous playing in the market that he did, and I think a lot more of a household name. But when I put the two statistics side by side, in almost half the number of games played, Tulo's only behind him by like three war, and he's got 44, and that always shocks me. So again, I, I don't use war as the be-all, end-all. I often use it as the start of the conversation, and there's actually a player for the Hall of Fame as I look deeper into his numbers, who's right at 50 for his career, who I decided I think that is kind of my baseline for what I think a Hall of Famer is. It's Bobby Abreu, right at 50. And he did get some great counting stats, and it was kind of an all-around player too. Stole more bases than people realize. Stuff like that. So I think Bobby Abreu is a Hall of Famer. But then when you look at, when you think of Troy Tulowitzki's career, you accurately remember a player who couldn't stay on the field, whose career was ultimately cut short and who just didn't, you know, get any of the big milestone things that we think of Hall of Famers having. And I do think longevity should be part of it, which is why I don't think this is some injustice. But the fact that he put up 44 wins above replacement despite the amount of time he missed is incredible. I do think that Tulo is pretty dramatically underrated by the baseball world at large, certainly people that didn't watch him play. But I even think in a lot of ways, Rockies fans underrate him for two very legitimate reasons. One, the one we've already talked about, he was hurt all the time, so it was easy to get frustrated with him. And the second thing, and there's a whole big conversation about this, and I've had it over the years and it's always fun to dive back into, but there are numbers that support this. He wasn't clutch. Now, he had a a monster hit in game 163 in 2007. He was a part of that whole rally. He had some big hits in those years. But you can look at the numbers over the years and just, you know, with runners in scoring position, he oddly didn't come through a lot of the times. And he developed that reputation. And sometimes those reputations can be false. But with him, it was, there was some truth to it. Especially compared to The main superstar that came after him, Nolan Arenado, who was phenomenal in the clutch. Like, his numbers took a massive jump with guys on base. He seemed to always come through, right? Now, in baseball, seeming to always come through means hitting like 390, (laughs) right, with with runners on second base. But Nolan was that kind of RBI machine, and Tulo almost became famous for hitting pop-ups, in those kinds of situations. That said. I don't believe there was ever. A more valuable player. At their peak. On the Colorado Rockies. Including Larry Walker. Including Nolan Arenado. Uh, than Troy Tulowitzki. He was a monster. Defensively. Especially early on. Before his body started to betray him. With some of the injuries. His rookie season. He put up 31 defensive runs saved that's like eight more than the best season Nolan Arenado had that's how good he was defensively he also has a 170 OPS plus season on his resume which is better than any season that Todd Helton ever put up so Troy Tulowitzki was the, the thing was he was never fully those two players at the exact same time there was that year that I was talking about where his bat was as good as anybody's in the game, but I think he played 93 games that year and missed the rest because he was hurt, right? Uh, then you have the seasons where he was a monster defensively, uh, but as a rookie, he wasn't quite the offensive powerhouse that he would become, and then later, you know, the those weren't his best offensive years, right? But overall, the guy was absolutely remarkable at a position where you just don't get that kind of value. And so when you see in demonstrably fewer games and played appearances that Tula was basically worth the same as Jimmy Rollins, again, I think both fall short of the threshold. I don't think either have enough extra accolades that should make them Hall of Famers. But what I do think is interesting is if Troy Tulowitzki had played like two more years not even necessarily at his peak, but sort of splitting the middle between where he was when he was phenomenal with the Rockies and his last several years where he was just kind of hanging on, right? If he could have put in two more, like, three-win seasons, right? Just what we've gotten from Ryan McMahon the last couple of years, right? (laughs) Just that level of of quality – he would have been right at that 50 mark. And this would be a very interesting, very challenging conversation, I think, about Troy Tulowitzki, Because then, you, you, you know, I, you, there is, I don't know what the magic Goldilocks zone is between longevity and value, right? There's a certain argument to be made that if you're that valuable in an even shorter amount of time, you're that much better of a baseball player Than these other guys were, right? Because it took them so much longer to accrue the same amount of value. And again, I I just, he's not quite there, but if he had managed to play a couple more years or if his peak had managed to hang on for another year or two, you'd be looking at a Troy Tulowitzki who still would have, you know, he wouldn't have reached the milestones, I don't think, you know, he's still not going to get to like 350 home runs or anything like that. Like nothing major, 2000 hits, none of that stuff. Right. But he'd be a 50 war player. Uh, You know, the fact that he only won two gold gloves in his career is criminal. Quite frankly, that's just, uh, it's just bad. He should have won at least four, but yeah, I, I think you'd be looking at a guy who would have one of the strangest cases for the Hall of Fame ever. Uh, to, to take it out of our own backyard and, and get our own feelings away, right? Like, imagine Mike Trout had played five or six years and then had a career ending injury, right? And never played again. He probably wouldn't have gotten to some of those counting stats, but by those five or six years, you said this is one of the best guys who, uh, best players who ever played the game of baseball. So by that value, and he probably by then, I'd have to go and check what he did in his first six years. He might have put up fifty WAR, right? He probably did, which gets, like I said, right into my okay. That's kind of average. That's the, plenty of Hall of Famers in there who actually don't have quite that much. And there's an argument to be made for. You know, Guys like Dale Murphy, I think, is somebody who sits in the like mid-40s and stuff like that. Matt Holiday is a guy who's in that kind of area, and, and I've talked a little bit about his case in the past. But Tulo would be, I just, the, the more I dove in his numbers the other day, the more I went, man, if he could have played one or two more years, this would be a fascinating conversation because he accrued value at a much faster rate than the vast majority of guys he played with, right, which seemingly would be one of the major criteria. Another way to put that is any day that he played, he was one of the best baseball players on the field for his entire career until the very end when he just was like I said hanging on through the injuries, or whatever. but that's usually what makes you a hall of famer. We just know it's just the caveats are so massive with him. And unfortunately, I do think that they they clearly hold him back. And with these other guys, uh, you know, I'll, I'll end the too low conversation there, though. I do think there's a, a little bit more of an interesting one to be had. Uh, like I said, ultimately, I think the conclusion there is that he's not a Hall of Famer, but he was clearly a Hall of Fame talent. He was one of the best players of his era and his his ability should be understood a bit more and a bit better by even sometimes Rockies fans, but definitely the baseball world, because it's pretty impressive what he was able to do with his limited time. These other guys, Carlos Gonzalez, uh, you know, obviously Charlie Blackman is still playing right now. He's somebody who's had a long career, many all star appearances, things like that, right? But he's just not going to have the time again to get to these first sort of milestones of career war and things like that. None of the big, uh, other counting ones. So I think we're just going to, I don't love this phrase. In fact, every time I read it on Twitter, I, I sort of roll my eyes a little bit, but I guess it is helpful in a descriptive way a little bit, the the hall of very good, right? Uh, whatever. I don't, <laughs> obviously Charlie Blackman is one of the greatest Rockies of all time. And if, and when they ever get around to building that thing, uh, he'll be in there. But not a Hall of Famer. And so Nolan Arenado is a no-doubt slam-dunk absolute Hall of Famer, but I don't think he's going to go ahead wearing a Rockies hat, right? He, he's definitely one, though, you'll be able to, at least a guy who is going to go into the Hall of Fame, who spent a great deal of his career with the Rockies. And so if that's your criteria, if you're just saying, hey, you know, can we count them? I know there are some people who like like to count anyone who spent, a, a had a cup of coffee with the Rockies at one point. Like, ha, oh, Hall of Famer. You know, some people that count, like like when Jim Leland got in, even though he, he managed one year out here and was awful. People were like, ah, Rocky in the Hall of Fame. I'm like, I sort of uh so it it, kind of depends on how you're counting it obviously with nolan that's a stronger argument to make than jim leland but that one i think okay obviously he's going to get in there's another one where you know there are certain counting stats he hasn't reached but he could retire tomorrow and be a hall of famer in my mind uh but after that don't know it, there's going to be right. Uh, you, here's an interesting one, and I know it's not a, one anybody's thinking about right now. But Chris Bryant, if he can turn things around and have you know some nice years here, and actually take advantage of Coors Field and and put up some hitting numbers, and maybe even if he's you know reinventing himself as a DH and he gets more uh, you know legs out of his career or out of his legs or whatever it is you know that way, but. Chris Bryant, obviously, for the first half of his career, had some monster numbers. Won an MVP, won Rookie of the Year, won a World Series with the Cubs of all teams, breaking a a monster drought, right? So, you know, he was on his way, and now obviously he has stumbled these last couple of years and not put up much in the war department or really any other department for that matter. But... You know, while, I, uh, again, plenty of guys have been on that Hall of Fame track and had injuries derail it, just did the whole too low conversation, that could be the case for Chris Bryant. I don't think it's completely outside the realm of possibility that, again, even if he's never a superstar, again, if, if he never reaches that level in Colorado at all, even if he can figure out a way to, you know, get that bat to back above average, Have a couple of 20 homer seasons, uh, you know, or at the very least, you know, climb his batting average up into the high 290s or low 300s in Colorado. That should be very doable for a hitter of his caliber if he can manage to stay healthy and just accrue some stats over the last, you know, five, six years of his career especially if he does turn it around, wouldn't be at all surprised to see if he signs a little mini extension at the end of it and finishes it out here so he can keep hitting well if he can manage to hit well. But Chris Bryant, I think, is an interesting conversation uh, that obviously nobody's super stoked on right now because he's just been so lackluster these last two seasons. You're getting basically nothing out of him in the war department, right? Or like I said, any other. So, and then after him... And then he'll probably go in as a cub also anyway. Dep- again, that all depends on it. it. remains to be seen. But, you know, are, who's the next guy who's going to go in for sure wearing a CR on their cap? It's... We do not know. It may not even be anyone who has debuted yet with the team. Of course, you you go out on a real long shot to start pointing the finger at guys like Nolan Jones or Ezekiel Tovar, right? It's their one season hit. Maybe maybe give it a minute, but that's where most of the team is at right now, right? Is that those are the players that you're primarily starting to build around. So, uh, you know, I really don't think there's anybody in the interim. I tried searching around. It's like DJ Lemayhew would be a fun conversation, but again, I think that's one of those ones where you go Hall of very, very good, uh, batting titles in both leagues, uh, bunch of gold gloves, great defender, you know. But probably not. Just I think we all can agree, probably not a Hall of Famer unless something really strange and remarkable happens at the very end of his career. So. Yeah, I don't think there will be one for quite a while. Uh, I I think the best hope probably is Chris Bryant for uh, sooner rather than later for a guy who's on the team right now. I mean, obviously, Nolan Arenado is going to be the other one who they've got similar, similar ages, right? So whenever they end up retiring and then that process plays out. But... Let me know what you think, if you think any of these guys have a better or worse case for uh, the Hall of Fame than I do, what you think of this Hall of Very Good, and uh, yeah, whether or not you see anybody on the roster right now, and like I said, it's got to be projecting long-term for young guys, but go out on a limb. That's more fun anyway, right? Go out on a limb and predict somebody to be a future Rockies Hall of Famer, because I do think we're going to be waiting for a little while, because it is rare, and it should be. It's, it's a rare honor that all ought to be reserved for the absolute very very best in the game people like todd help so thank you all very much for listening into this episode i hope you will continue to be absolutely awesome out there you know that i will continue to be absolutely drew Creesman in here and until next time i will see you at the ballpark